Hi, everyone. Welcome to Find Your Resilience with myself, Vanessa Gellin. And today on this episode, I have again a guest that was on my previous episode, my fiance, Rashid Naw. And on this episode, I wanted to focus on the stigma among men's mental health. And I thought Rashid would be a great person to talk to since he, um, you know, dealt with some things while he was in the army. And before I start, I wanted to share an editorial that I found online written by Dr. Benita Chapman, who's a nurse, and she explored the stigma targeted at underrepresented groups. Um, She focused mainly on men. And I'm just going to read some statistics that's included in this editorial. So according to the National Institute of Mental Health, one in five adults, which is estimated about 43 million people, experience a mental health illness in the United States every year. Although both men and women are affected by mental health illness, it is oftentimes overlooked in males. However, mental health among men often goes untreated because they are far less likely to seek mental health treatment than women. Depression and suicide are ranked as the leading cause of death among men. Six million men are affected by depression in the United States every single year. And men die by suicide at a rate four times higher than women. And that's according to the Mental Health America. They also die due to alcohol-related results at 62,000 in comparison to women at 26,000. Men are also two to three times more likely to misuse drugs than women, and that's according to the Center for Behavioral Health Statistics and Quality. So those are some large numbers. Um, And I know, Rashid, you've dealt with your, you know, your struggles in the army and you know you could share whatever you're comfortable sharing but what did you think about those statistics you know it sounds like a large amount of men are dying by suicide a lot of men are struggling with depression a lot of men are not seeking mental health illness um treatments so what are your thoughts about that well you know basically Men, they were taught, you know, to to take that, you know, like you, you can't cry. You know what I'm saying? Your parents used to tell you, toughen up, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Or you had your mom. You know, they never expected you to really talk about mental health as a man. You were just expected to bottle it up and keep pushing. And that's that's the stigma that lives today. Like, you know women they talk more about their feelings you know with each other or with their their mother or so on where men are not it's considered being a bitch or emotional if you you know talk about what's going on with your mental state of mind so you know in 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 conclusion it's basically saying men are taught to bottle in their mental issues emotions or what have you and to keep pushing and that was the same scenario in the military when you go when you get to the military if you ever enlist they'll tell you to your face that you're a bitch for going to sick call or for trying to reach out to get help they they don't they don't they don't like they 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 they, they prey on the weak 
and you are considered weak if you reach out for help. So that was my experience. Really? Can yeah. you talk more about that? Because I would find that I find that ironic because soldiers have high statistics of suicide and PTSD. I would think it would be the opposite. Yeah, you would think it would be the opposite, but you know, the definition of a soldier is basically, you know, working in high stress conditions where you're limited to four hours of sleep. You know, that's part of the contract or that's in the fine lines. You're supposed to keep pushing through stress factors and that's a soldier. So the old fashioned soldiers, you know, they had to push through everything and they were told to, you know, shut the F up and do what you're supposed to do. You know, like you're not supposed to complain about it. You're supposed to just keep pushing. And that was the definition of a true soldier. So, but you know, now over the years, things just progressively got worse. You know, you have um, suicide rate at its all time high. You know, people are bored out of their mind. People are not sure what to do with their life. Everybody feels like they need to, you know, be on social media or be the voice. Everybody feels like, they need to do something important. That's where the narrative has pushed everyone. So, you know, trying to grow, trying to go through life, not accomplishing those things or fulfilling those things, you'll feel as if, you know, you're nothing. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why suicide is high. But yeah, um, it happened to me in the military. I was basically deemed as incompetent, this and that, just because I was, taking time to focus on my behavioral health. What do you mean Dean as incompetent? What are you talking about? You know, well, the, 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 the long-term soldiers that are there for 20 years or so, they run the whole unit and, you know, or the rank structure, whatever. And they basically would spread rumors about you saying that, oh, he never, he's never at work. You know, he's always at behavioral health. They say that you're faking it. They don't, they don't think, um, if you, they don't think not saying that if your issue is real, they deem it as if it's not just so they can get you to feel bad for yourself so you could come to work. So, you know, we had to go through that and, you know, um, and bottle it up. And when you're in like a, you know, like a war zone or if you get deployed, it's even worse. So you don't want to complain at all. And they'll pretty much build in a cult you know, people that will pick on you and, you know, um, they'll all get together, pick on you and you won't have any outlet, anybody to talk to because you're the guy that always missing out of work. You're not there with them. You're not being tough with them. So you're an outcast to them. And I think that's what pushing a lot of soldiers into suicide. And in fact, I witnessed it with my very own eyes twice in the military. What did you witness? It was a young kid, Asian kid. He was on the bus, you know, shoot, probably the first week in Afghanistan, headed to the gun range. And we all got on the bus, you know, headed to the gun range, which is on the base, you know, in Afghanistan. And, you know, he just literally took the M4, put it in his mouth and blew his brain out. And you seen this in front of you? 
I mean, I didn't see it. We heard it and we all turned around and just seen, you know, the body on the floor and blood oh, everywhere. It's so traumatic. I'm sorry to see that. So, you know, they, they had his body left there for a minute too, you know. And, you know, instead of people like saying, oh my God, like to be honest with you, you know, the code was, you know, to make humor out of the situation and they were laughing about it. Uh, what a weak soldier, you know what I mean? Like that nigga's a punk, you know what I mean? This and that. You hear all those kind of stuff from the soldiers and you just got to keep moving on. If you sit there and sympathize with them, then you'll be a target. Wow, sounds like you were in a very toxic environment. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic, very toxic. But, you know, you want to get along to ride along, right? So, you know, you want to get along with the ones that are strong, you know, because I myself don't believe in suicide either, you know, and a lot of traditional men feel like as if it is a weak trait. I do too, but I still don't feel as if pushing someone to that point is necessary. Um, you know, as time goes by, you know, seeing that he lost his life, um, you know, I hear about other things in the military of people just, you know, moving on. So, but you think about it and you, and you find out, you know, that the guy had a history of suicide, you know, he was in a mental institution on base and they had, kind of waved him to go to Afghanistan and he had tried to cry out for help basically saying that he wasn't mentally fit but you know they didn't care and they sent them anyways and that was the outcome of that situation so in retrospect the military killed them and you know these are things they're not going to put on the news these are things they're not going to circulate because they don't want you guys to know what's going on but it's a definitely dark world in there have you ever sought out mental health treatment while you're while you're in the army? And you don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I sucked up. I we all, you know, well, not all, but you know, you at one at one time at a point of time in your life, you're gonna have to take accountability, and you know, you're gonna have to say to yourself, "Well, you know, who cares about the jokes? You know, I'm a man and." You you should be able to defend yourself against those, those 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 people that are ridiculing you for helping yourself. Um, typically, you eat it all up and you wait to the end. Usually, most men and women in the military they don't start seeking help till their last year of their contract. So you know they fool they fool the top dogs for about two three years just to get along right along. And then when they make their final decision to get out, that's when people start taking care of their mental health and missing work because you know that you're going to get out and you can't get out in that condition that you're in. So that was around the time I started seeking help around my last year of my contract after nearly four years. Was this after deployment or before deployment? This was after deployment. After deployment. How would you say that your deployment to Afghanistan affected your mental health? Because I know you witnessed things. Yeah, I'm not that comfortable talking about it. But, okay. you know, for the most part, you know, it was just trauma. And, you know, I wasn't expecting to see what I saw, you know. Um, thank God times has changed. You know, I didn't witness any IEDs of my fellow um, battle buddies getting blown up. But 
you know, we did have a purple heart. Um, we had a guy who had his calf muscles shredded up with, um, strap. Now we have, uh, a few close encounters of rockets, you know, almost hitting us motor rounds, almost hitting us where you can hear the explosion and, you know, things, things like that of that nature, which makes you paranoid a little bit, you know, um, at the time thinking, you know, the, the best defense mechanism was making jokes about it. And, Oh yeah, they hit that, you know, they can't aim and they're, you know, laughing at the guys, but you know, in your head, you thinking God that it didn't hit, you know? And um, we had a few close encounters with motor rounds, small arms fires being shot at us. Um, and, you know, we had to engage back with them. So, um, yeah, um, one of the worst encounters was for me was witnessing, you know, dead people on the Afghanistan side. Um, no one, I, no, nobody I knew personally, but just to see them lifeless, you know, in a, in a, in a, um, in a, in a truck full of dead bodies, you know, just piled up was kind of like dehumanizing to me. And, um, you know, they told us don't look at that stuff for too long, but they'll put us in security for 12 hours facing that stuff a day, 12 hours a day in front of that stuff. And it was hard not to look at, um, I witnessed a few people coming off the helicopter, um, you know, with their head nearly severed, um, you know, bullets to the lungs. And we had to grab those bodies and try to get them to our, our staff where we have better tools to, you know, perform surgery on them. And, you know, I had blood on me. I had a few things, you know, I witnessed that was, you know, traumatizing, but for the most part, um, the nightmares that I get from it, you know, they gave us some medication and they just told us to go to sleep and, um, I don't think about it too much. And then they said, when you get back to go to behavioral health, mm -hmm. did you go to behavioral health? Yeah, I went, I went to behavioral health when I got back. Um, I had already been going, but you know, I had never mentioned about obviously the trauma before because I didn't experience it yet. Mm -hmm. I had been dealing with, you know, other trauma in the military, such as racial trauma and stuff like that. Um, you know, you get that too. And the military is for people who think that the military, you know, is all fun and dandy. You know, you still have segregation going on. There's still white, white people who hang out with white people who feel superior to black people. And there's still black people who are lazy and don't want to do shit. They still in their gangways. You have a lot of people that just join for money. It's just, you know, a whole toxic, toxic environment. Mm -hmm. Babe, I just want to thank you for being vulnerable and discussing these really tough topics. Um, Cause I don't think people really have great insight on what's really going on in the army and how, you know, soldiers mental health are at stake. And I really appreciate you discussing some of this. Um, and I know it sounds like, you know, you're experiencing some symptoms of trauma, the flashbacks. I know sometimes you could it could cause avoidance where you don't want to be around certain situations that remind you of some of the trauma you dealt with from the Army. 
Um, I know you get nightmares. What would you tell men who are probably struggling in silence and are afraid to seek out help? What would you tell them? Um, you know, I come from a cloth where, you know, even if people are making fun of you, you know, stand your ground, you know, take care of your mental health. Of course, that's that's important, no matter what situation you're in. I honestly wish that I did it sooner in the military, you know, but I didn't do it. And, you know, these are the price that I have to pay, um, you know, um, sometimes God. I feel like puts you in situations where it makes you stronger. Um, but at the same time, you can't do everything by yourself. So I would tell men that no matter how strong you think you are, you can't do it by yourself. You're going to need help. And, you know, talking to a therapist to me, from my personal experience, helped me a lot. Um, it helped me in my last year. And I met a good person. You know, you have to search and find uh, a therapist or someone who best fits you. That's what I would tell men, you know, if you have to go through a number of them, but find one that genuinely cares. You know, I met, I, I actually um, formed a friendship with my therapist and, you know, he was excited to hear my stories. He knew I had a lot of drama and trauma and stuff like that to tell him. And he was open ears. He never judged me for what I said. Yeah, I think a lot of times we fear seeking out help because of judgment. You know, we live in a society where, as you were mentioning what you've experienced in the army, people judge you. They look at you as weak, um, which I can't wait for that to change. Like, it's just so sad because we all struggle. We all struggle with depressive moves sometimes, anxiety, um, it's just, you know, we all need to help each other out. There are mental health professionals out there that could help you. Um, there's psychologists, there's licensed professional counselors, there's licensed, um, just like psych social workers, there's psychiatric nurse practitioners. There's just so many mental health professionals that are out there, um, to help someone, but, you know, you have to acknowledge that there's a problem to, you know, seek help. If you don't acknowledge or hold yourself accountable that you have a problem, that you're never going to get the help you need. And, you know, unfortunately, like in the black community, I call it a generational curse. Like if you don't go and help yourself out, your kids, your lineage is going to suffer too, because they're not going to have the tools that to um help them. So... I'm glad, babe, that, you know, you're getting the help that you need and that you're, you know, you're holding yourself accountable and you sought out the treatment that you need because, you know, you needed it. So I'm grateful for that. Um, was there anything else you wanted to share? Um, no, not really. You know, um, just, you know, a lot of people think that mental health, you know, when black, like those soldiers that I mentioned that committed suicide. Um, you know, often there's a stigma of people saying, oh, you know, he only did it because, you know, a girl broke his heart. You know, that, that's typically what they think of men or, you know, a girl broke his heart. That's why, you know, he he's killing himself. You know, that's not always true. And in fact, the dude that killed himself, there was a, you know, a person in our unit 
he was in our unit, but there was a person close to him in our unit. And he actually said that he actually killed himself. What he felt like he killed himself was because he told him that he wanted to do 20 years in the military and that he actually wanted to be all he can be in the military. When he slowly started realizing that he wasn't living up to the standards of what, you know, the top dogs, the high ranked soldiers were telling him, he realized that he couldn't do 20 years in the military in which he always wanted to serve. And so that's when he ultimately took his life. So he felt like a failure in life. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the stigma men, you know, people think men just kill themselves because of females. That's not always the case. Like sometimes it's because they feel like they failed in life. And, you know, one thing about women is that they know how to, handle their emotions better than men and that that is the truth they are mentally stronger than men that is the reason why men are physically stronger than women so that's their gift and our gift is that we're physically stronger so you know men don't think that because you're so physically tough that you know you can beat it mentally too we were not built like that and if you need help you should reach out and you know get the help that you need Thank you, babe, for your insight. That was very helpful. And I'm, you know, I hope that, you know, our listeners here, you know, learned a little something, especially to, you know, the men um, who are afraid to seek out help, who are afraid, you know, of judgment. It's okay. I find people who seek out help to be very strong. You know, you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And those are strengths right there. That makes you very courageous to seek out help. And, you know, what you were describing, like, that you witnessed in the armies is toxic masculinity. You know, men are taught not to cry, not to fear. Um, and, you know, a lot of those rigid masculine norms could lead to worsening depression and anxiety, you know, abuse of substances, greater health risks, like cardiovascular and metabolic diseases. Um, that could lead to issues with dating, and interpersonal intimacy, issues with interpersonal violence, an increase in overall psychological distress, discour and discouragement in seeking help. So, you know, I hope you listeners, you know, learned a little something. Um, and thank you for listening to Find Your Resilience with myself, Vanessa Gellin, and my guest, Rashid Nall. Take care. <laughs>